Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. And for those of you watching on video, you can already see we have decided to be festive channel. and channel our <laughs> ugly sweater Christmas energy for this. If you're yes. just listening on the podcast, let me explain. Uh, we have Brie uh, rocking our Christmas vacation, Christmas vacation uh, Chevy Chase <laughs> sweater. And then I am wearing a sweater that I felt like was the most incredible Florida ugly sweater. Yes, that the, it is. The sleeves look like a disco ball. And then we have pink flamingos wearing sunglasses and Santa hats. I saw this and was like, <laughs> I've never I before. pom-poms. And yeah, little pom-poms on it. So we decided, you know, Classic. the Bucks may have lost this last week, but we are determined to keep the Christmas and holiday spirit, spirit alive. alive. <laughs> we're yes. determined if we're going to play on Christmas, by golly, we're going to have some Christmas spirit while we do yes. it. So um, why don't we quickly dive into the Bengals game and what happened before moving on to brighter, hopefully, yes. things. Well, I think kind of what encompassed it was a statement that Todd Bowles made when he said the tale of two halves. Because you go back in going through the first two frames and that was the best the Buccaneers had looked all season long. They were firing on all cylinders. They came out to a quick 17-0 start. They dominated defensively. I mean, on the first three possessions, they had, they had the interception for 35 yards on that drive for the Bengals. Then they forced a punt for zero yards on that drive. And then a punt for negative six yards. I mean, they were in – you looked at the – like the points, the statistics. I mean, that entire first half, Mike Evans had 83 yards. The Bengals had 83 yards total offensively. Mike Evans was single-handedly yes. winning. <laughs> the Bucks had 13 first downs, and the Bengals had 14 offensive yards. I mean, it was just completely lopsided. And then the second half. Yeah, if only we could have just stopped. It completely they flipped a switch, mm -hmm. and then after the botch punt, they had four straight takeaways in 11 plays. And it's like the, the self-inflicted wounds once again popped up, you know, with, with the costly penalties that kept them behind the chains, and then the turnovers, like you can't win that way. And even Todd Bowles was talking about it, you know, they were able to use the pre-stop motion, the play action effectively in the first half. They were able to kind of exploit the underneath areas with the Bengals playing cover three, but then in the second half, when they had those turnovers, it's not that they didn't go back to the play action. It's that they were forced out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the things that's going to be critical this week going up against the Cardinals is, okay, can you play a clean football game and kind of reverse a lot of these this perpetual cycle of issues that we've seen creep up throughout the season? Yeah, I completely agree. The not beating yourself, that's just been the – the mantra the last two weeks is that it felt like you were in a position to the, the first game. I mean, you immediately from the start put yourself at a disadvantage right. because of things that were more in your control. That mm -hmm. there, there are always going to be other teams that make good plays. This is the NFL. There are a lot of talented people on both sides of the ball. But it's can you make the other team beat you instead mm -hmm. of giving them those opportunities and beating yourself? And it still felt like the penalties, it's not even that there are as many, it's when they're happening. It's both mm -hmm. of these games. It's like if you were to watch the game and what was happening and say, you know, this play would be the worst possible time for a penalty, that's when it came. Yep. So I agree with you on just the self-inflicted wounds, the discipline that you need on mm -hmm. that side, that 
and this is a team where with the Cardinals, you know, they are having the worst possible season. And yes. so oh. <laughs> talk about times that you don't want to hand them a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it's Christmas. I know it's the giving season. We're not giving them anything. Yes. That's the plan. <laughs> but yeah, the Bengals game, it, at least for me, I feel like the fact that the first half was so perfect that's got to be encouraging to know that it's in there, to know that yes. it's possible, to know that this team can do it. And especially, I think there's a difference in knowing that you know you have the ability to do it versus now you've actually seen it. Yes. And can we just hit that copy paste? Yeah. Can, can we get back to that? Can we just say, okay, so let's do that again mm -hmm. and again and again and again. <laughs> so um, I feel good about the fact that they saw that of everyone. And, and the phrase I felt like I heard everybody say this week was that everybody was on the same page. Right. And we've heard other games, they kept saying people weren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully that means that they can figure out that to start the game. And if you can do it against a team like the Bengals, you can do it against anybody. They're right. incredibly talented. So, um, yeah, I think that that was – and, I mean, I feel like those turnovers, that has to have been a little bit fluky in some ways because of the fact that Brady in particular and this offense, no matter what else was going on or not going on, they had been good at protecting the ball for the most right. part. And I think that basically there were as many turnovers, I think it was like in 11 plays were as many as Brady had had in 11 games mm -hmm. before that. So to just put that into perspective, in. yeah. So, I mean, again, we are not far removed from talking about how he was just a few passes away from having the record of number of passes without throwing yes. an, you know, an interception. So I think that it is safe to say that this hopefully was the outlier. Mm -hmm. And the odds of this happening again, right. pretty dang low. So um, <laughs> right. we can just we can hope for that part of it. Um, also, I figure before we get into looking ahead to the Cardinals game, we should talk about the news that just uh, came out that we're recording this um, Thursday morning. So last night found out that one Tristan Wirfs uh, has made the Pro Bowl. So uh, yes. I wanted to hear just your thoughts on on that and how exciting that is for him. And um, you know, I know there's some other guys that are that are maybe going to be close alternates, but he's the one who made it just right. outright. And uh, why that is, why he's the guy, and, and how excited we are that the fans recognize that. Well, I just think it's encouraging, and you think even with the injuries this season, he still was was on that list, and he has established himself as one of you know the best tackles in in the NFL. And I think you just see it in the way that he approaches each and every day, the way he goes about it, always has a smile on his face, you know, and is just tremendous in the trenches and I think he's really a guy that's kind of become that anchor for for this offensive line and keeping Brady upright and being you know aggressive at the second level in the run game I mean he does so much for this team and it's a different offensive line when he's in the mid when he's in it and so I think that's very, very well deserved for, for Tristan Works. Yeah, very excited for him. And hopefully, uh, I figure we can now also talk about the injury front as we look ahead this week since we've been without our Pro Bowl guy. Yes. Um, but exciting to see that he was on the injury report as limited, that he actually was yes. back at practice doing Along with things, Julio Jones. Along with Julio Jones. So yes. yeah, tell us, tell us for the Bucks injury report what we know. Again, we are recording this Thursday morning, which mm -hmm. means we only have Wednesdays to go off of at this point. So what stands out to you? Yes, well, Jamel Dean still didn't practice along with Carl Nassib, Keanu Neal, Donovan Smith, Vita Vea, and Antoine Winfield. Ooh, so those, yes, Quite are a list some, of some big names. Some people we'd prefer to have on the field. <laughs> yes, but I will say I think it's, it is encouraging to see how guys have stepped up, especially with you know, Shaq Barrett being on IR and not having Carl Nassib, the way that Anthony Nelson has come come in and stepped up has been really encouraging to see. And even, you know, the the big sack that, that Devin White and 
both he and him had on Joe Burrow for, for 23 yards. Yeah, it was negated by the penalty, but plays like that, he consistently is, is wrecking havoc around the line of scrimmage. So I think you're going to continue to need to see that as these guys work back. And, you know, Todd was saying earlier in the week that Jamel Dean, you know, is still a little bit ways off. So we'll need, need some guys to, to come up big in the secondary. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And I, I know that the – um, Cardinals also have all sorts of injury issues that it has officially been confirmed that the Bucks will be facing their third string quarterback, which we yes. would love to say means good things for us. It seems like you'd be able to say, oh, you're facing a third string quarterback. Man, that's going to that's going to mean such amazing things that they're going to win for sure. <laughs> and then that's not really how it's gone so far this season. Yeah. Like, the whole backup Didn't go quarterback so well thing. with Brock Purdy. <laughs> yeah, the whole backup quarterback thing. Uh, it's so interesting, and uh, you know, I think that I'm sure part of it is not having the tape and you right. know not being able to diagnose as many things. Um, so, what do you think in your mind? It being Trace McSorley instead of Kyler Murray and instead of Colt McCoy, what is it going to mean facing a guy like him? I think honestly, it's it's not a lot's going to change with with their offense. And I think it goes back to what Todd Bowles was saying earlier this week. You know, they all have that running ability. Yeah, they don't have the elite speed that Kyler Murray does. So that changes it a little bit. But they're still going to to utilize their their playmakers. You know, get the ball in DeAndre Hopkins' hands. Get the ball in James Conner hands, who's kind of that triple threat. You know, all of these things they're going to do to try and exploit defenses. So I, I think, you know, it's kind of you you game plan in the in the same way for for whoever is there and, you know, try to get home with with pressure mm -hmm. up front. Yeah, so tell me what are those keys to the game that uh, you think are still the same either way and, and maybe on both sides of the ball, some of the things that you, you feel like are going to be important for this team. I think, honestly, going into this one, it's more so on the Bucks being disciplined and not necessarily the going up against this Cardinals team, but just, okay, can this team put together a complete game? Can they be – can they play – penalty and turnover free football because we've seen that over and over and when you get behind the eight ball when you are forced to come from behind well then you have to be one-dimensional and you're not able to dial up the things that play into your strengths you know they couldn't go back to the play action and the priest not and all these things that they had that had been so successful for them they weren't able to do that and so it's okay can you have success on first and second down to create those opportunities to to get down into the red zone and sustain drives. That has really been one of the the biggest issues for this team. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be making sure you take care of the ball mm -hmm. on the offense because it does feel like the Cardinals' offense. Um, you're not going to want to have to put a, a ball out of pressure on Trace McSorley. They're not going to want to make him do these, you know, 80-something yard drives every time. Right. And so I think about the fact of the Bengals game, when you're giving the ball away, the Bengals' four scoring drives ended up all the yardage it took to do it all added up to less than 100 yards total mm -hmm. on four drives. Yes. They, they had to go, like, 13 yards. They had to mm -hmm. go whatever. And, of course, that's going to make it a lot easier on them. That's what you don't want to give to a guy like Trace McSorley or their offensive. Right. Make him have to drive the length of the field. Mm -hmm. And so when you know that there are guys like J.J. Watt, like Buda Baker, who can make plays, who can, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing, I think you don't want to give any of that to them mm -hmm. where – it can make it easier on their offense. Right. So the more you take care of the ball and at least maintain 
decent field position, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's going to be, if you're not scoring at least in a position to be able to, to punt it away down right. the field, to not be turning it over, um, I think that's going to be really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about some matchups you're excited to watch? I am going to go with the first, the offensive line in its entirety yeah. against J.J. Watt, for being honest. Because the Cardinals use J.J. in a variety of ways. It's not just, okay, we're going to use him off the edge. I mean, they have him everywhere along the line to, to kind of create those disadvantageous matchups against guys. But he has established himself as one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. He has you know, a vast array of moves, is able to stop and start on a dime. And he's a guy that you can't have on an island one-on-one. You know, you, you've you got a double, you've got a triple team him. He, you know, can can run through guys with power. He can use his hands to move around them. And he's lethal everywhere he lines up. So can the offensive line, I don't want to say neutralize because there's no way to completely take him out of a game, but can they can contain him enough to give Brady enough time or to get to get the run game going. I mean, he had three sacks against Denver. You saw just absolute menace. And then you have Buda Baker. Yep. So my second is going to be Buda Baker against Tom Brady because, again, he's just that versatile chess piece. He can line up as that, you know, single high guy in the back. He has the the awareness, the route recognition, the ball tracking skills, but then the man coverage skills to line up in the nickel and just his his closing speed is insane. I mean, the sideline range, he is everywhere. Yep. And his his instincts, his his ability to cover ground is absolutely probably unparalleled, honestly, in the NFL. And I think, you know, today I'm sure he's a guy that Tom Brady will highlight and this our offensive quarter is certainly going to know exactly where he is on every single play. So that's someone that they're going to have to key in on, and they blitz all of them. I mean, he's effective on the the A and B gap blitzes. So how how can this offensive line hold up to really get things going for for this Bucks offense? Yep, I agree. Uh, those were definitely two that I was going to say as well. So instead, I'll just throw out. Um, Basically, our outside linebackers against Trace McSorley, he is mm-hmm. a little bit more mobile, I think, than if you were going to face Colt McCoy. And when it comes to guys who maybe have less experience, I think there's a tendency to kind of get a little happy feet in the pocket. Yeah. Want to just kind of make some plays on your own with your feet. You know, if you're not liking what you're seeing downfield, that there's there's just that tendency to, to resort to the scrambling potentially yeah. a little bit sooner. And so can they set the edge, contain him, and then, of mm-hmm. course, try to – you know, ruffle him, try to get him a little bit unhappy in the pocket. I think that's going to be really important to give the rest of your defense time to maybe try to get an interception to, you know, make some of those other plays that it's going to be, can you really make sure that when he tries to go around the edge that you're not giving him some of those momentum boosting plays where he's getting to run for a first down or, you know, some of those type things, I think really force him to sit in there and make the plays, and can he handle it when you're you're getting the rush? Um, all right, how about a player to watch for you? Ooh, I am gonna go with you went outside linebackers. I'm gonna go with inside linebackers. I think this is a game where when you have Trace McSorley, your your third string quarterback, I think they're certainly gonna try and get this run game going to take some of that pressure offensive off their offensive line that's been plagued with injuries. They've had nine different starting combinations. A new guy in there that's trying to gain the confidence, the poise in the pocket. They're going to be trying to get the ball off quick with like a short passing game or to utilize 
their their triple threat in James Conner, who, you know, is kind of that old school battering ram style of runner, but then also he's effective in pass protection and, you know, out of the backfield on kind of those wheel routes or the swing passes. So I think he's going to be huge is can they be disciplined in maintaining gaps and stopping him to try and force it into McSorley's hands and make the Cardinals become one-dimensional. All right, and uh, for me, I think I'm going to go with Mike Evans because I feel like he. we saw again that this was the game last week of what it looks like when you can go to Mike early, often. Mm-hmm. This this felt like they got their chemistry back, their mojo right. back. And the Cardinals, I mean, their, their DBs have been so beat up. So many corners have been injured. Um, Yes, Buda Baker is incredible and can make plays everywhere, but I just have to imagine that when it comes to the corners that they've had out there, and again, we don't we don't know for sure who's going to be available, but this last week they were playing guys that haven't really played much before. And yeah. you, you tell me Mike Evans is going against guys that are getting pulled up from a practice squad and haven't really played yes. much, and I'm going to pick that yeah. all day. So I'm hoping this can be the game where Mike gets in the end zone, you know, maybe even a couple times that this just that we this is that hundred yard you know, game that we haven't seen from Mike in a while. I feel like this could be it. Um, All right, so we will close with our quote of the week segment. What do you have? I am going to go with a quote on a different ride receiver, but it was the quote from Todd Bowles this week on Chris Godwin. And I, I loved what he said and just him working back. He said, you know, he's hard on himself. He's a worker regardless. He's going to overcome all odds. He's going to do everything he needs to do. He works on his craft constantly. He tried to get back as fast as he could. He didn't take days off. He worked overtime, triple time probably. Getting back to normal, you forget what he went through because you're seeing him right now. But everything in the offseason and all of the treatment and all of the rehab that he went through, I don't know if a normal person could have gone through that. I don't think I could have gone through that. And I just think that was a huge testament to – Godwin's process, the progression that he's made, and the the production that you're seeing from him now. Yep. And just that's incredible because you almost forget a little bit of what he went through. You take it for granted. During, during the offseason and coming off of that January surgery. Yeah. So that's amazing. I love that. Um, I chose a quote that has absolutely nothing to do with football, but it just made me laugh this week. <laughs> um, it was actually something that Ryan Jensen said to me when I was interviewing him at their um, O-line Christmas event. Oh, yeah. They took that kids. Was, that was great. They took kids shopping. I was interviewing him for the vlog. And he said, quote, you know, offensive linemen, we're just holly jolly people. And so we just want to make other people holly and jolly as well. And I (laughs) thought that was so delightful. And I just I felt like, again, as things have been a little rough on the football field lately, I just felt like going into this game on Christmas, you know, holly jolly people. And that's that's what we're going for right now is that we hope everyone has just as holly and jolly of a time as the O-line did taking kids shopping. And there were just so many amazing holiday events that the players have done. It is incredible. So if people have not seen it, make sure you check out on Buccaneers.com all the coverage of it. So many position groups, so many individual guys. Like, we're talking hundreds Mm -hmm. of kids and families have been helped. So, again, the reminder that even though recently the record hasn't been what we want, this team is still making a really big difference in the community, and that is my Christmas holiday thought that we, I'm leaving with everybody. So hopefully we will also be getting a win on yes. Christmas Day. That could be a great gift to all the Bucks fans out there. So again, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Tampa 2, and we'll see you next week.